the message that needs to get out there is risk it all. Risk it all. And if you're not happy where you are, move. You're not a tree. You can move. Mm-hmm. You, you can change things. You can always change things around you. Right? Yeah. It's just about making the right choice. But sometimes the right choice could end up being the biggest mistake ever. But like I said, you hop over it. Move on. On to the next one. Thanks for tuning in to the Purposeful Story Podcast, where purpose drives our actions and our actions are a result of our purpose. When you have a strong enough purpose, every action you take in life has meaning and power to it. Every entrepreneur is on a journey to fulfill their purpose, and the world needs to hear it. So without further ado, let's get right into the show. All right, welcome to the Purposeful Story Podcast. Today we have real estate investor Bademi. He's from Dreammaker Realty. And this guy is is a beast. <laughs> a lot of guys in Dreammaker Realty are are beasts in general. Um, but but Demi, I actually went to high school with him, and I didn't realize it till after we connected through my business. So, Bademi, thanks for coming on the show today. No problem, man. No problem. Man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, yeah, it's funny that you mentioned high school. Uh, we had the discussion a little bit prior to the podcast, but I'll get into it again. Like in high school, I wasn't. I wasn't out there. Mm-hmm. That's that's the best thing. That's the best way to describe it. I wasn't out there. There's actually people who believe I don't even go to high school. I never went to high <laughs> school. Never went to elementary school. I never went to school. Period. There's actually people out there that believe that because realistically of the way my life has gone, mm-hmm. and I get it because one in high school, like I said, not too many people know me because yeah. I'm the type of person when I'm somewhere, people know I'm there. So why is it that in high school? They don't, nobody knows me. So everyone thinks like I can mention two to three people that actually strongly believe I was never in any form of institution. Mm. It means high school, college, university. That's because of who I am when I'm in an institution, like when it comes to learning. Yeah. Right. Because I'm the type of person that I'm like, I'm, I'm always in the matrix. Mm. Like when I'm around a lot of people, I pause, like everything slows down mm-hmm. and I start watching everything. Mm-hmm. Start watching who's staring at me, who's not staring at me, who I want to stare at. Yeah. Right. Like who's in high school, obviously girls. Like, yeah, that's just me. Like I slow down. I get into like this matrix zone and I just start watching. That's mm-hmm. just who I was. And I guess that made people think I was quiet. I was yeah. reserved, not a reserved person. You know that yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've seen things I've yeah, done. Yeah. Right. So yeah, that's why in high school, we probably, even though we're the same age, we probably never even. Yeah. Knew each other, right? So yeah. then again, Deville was a big high school at the yeah. same time. Yeah, and again, Deville produced a lot of a lot of strong people out there. Yeah. Eh? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Got to give it to that school. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, just for some of you who don't know, uh, Deville is located in Brampton, or it is located. It's still in located, yeah. Um, so I mean, that's that's amazing, you know, because there's a lot of there's a lot of like as you go through life, you know what I mean? There's a lot of people who are observant and shy as an mm-hmm. individual, like when they were younger. Yeah. But over time, those observations start to fester. The, 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 the thing is, right? I wasn't shy. Okay. That's the thing. I wasn't shy because even in class, like, because I'm in class with these people all the time, people were starting to see that I'm not really that shy. Yeah. It's just when I'm on my break or when there's no class, I'm usually to myself. It's not like I didn't have friends. I had mm-hmm. friends, right? The thing is, you know what it was for me? It's like, when I was in Deville, I don't know about you. I never noticed bullying. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I never noticed. I I was probably thought to be a bully because of how I 
pose, how I stand. I'm always at that entrance, standing yeah. there. I'm tall, but I'm slim. But that's yeah. just it. I, was, I always had my height. That's yeah. it. That's something yeah. I've always had. But in my head, I was thinking, maybe people think I'm a bully because yeah. that's why people like are scared of me when I don't smile. Mm-hmm. If anyone knows me, like when I'm on my own face is just straight. Yeah. Like that's something I get from my dad. I can, I don't smile. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to force the smile out of me. I just won't stand there with a the nice friendly face. Yeah, yeah. So that's another thing. People probably thought I wasn't friendly. Mm-hmm. Right. So like there's so many guesses that I have, but hey, I survived. <laughs> I yeah. survived it. And you're here. Yeah. You're yeah, doing definitely. Things, yeah. Man. So I guess in regards to real estate specifically, what would you say was your first foot in the door into real estate? Oh, yeah. That is actually a very good question. And I always remember it vividly because, like I said, real estate realistically got to me to where I am right now. Mm-hmm. Right. So I remember it was 2009, definitely mm-hmm. 2009. Uh, I had just finished college. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm in college. I finished police. I went to police foundations. Interesting. The reason why is because my dad's a police officer. Okay. And naturally, a son wants to follow in his father's footsteps. And yeah. I see that also with my son. Like, he copies everything I do. He wants to wear what I wear. He wants to talk the way I talk. So, <laughs> especially when you have a kid, you realize what you were doing back then is just imitating, which is a form of flattery. Because I'm mm. flattered when my son does that. I don't know if my dad was flattered. My dad did not want me to be a cop. <laughs> but that was the path I decided to choose. And I went took police foundations like i said a lot of people don't believe that i went to school right so when i'm in an institution i become reserved i don't know what it is i don't know it's my like i'm not shy i know for sure i'm not shy if i was shy i wouldn't be on this podcast right absolutely so i had just graduated from uh police foundations and i had two options i can continue and go to the academy get become an actual cop right Mm. i thought to myself one I've committed a lot of activities. Like, I'm not to say I'm a, I'm a criminal, but you know, I've yeah. done some illegal stuff yeah. growing up that, man, I'm like, why is this guy even bothering me? Like, why am I being questioned for these things? Like, I personally do not like cops unless yeah. they're my dad, right? Yeah, yeah, So, you I'm like, nah, I, I realized it wasn't a passion. It was yeah. more for, your dad. My dad. Yeah, yeah. Even though my dad didn't want it, it's like, my dad, you know, African parents, they want you to be a doctor, lawyer, yeah. engineer. Yeah, yeah, Those are dreams my dad had. Yeah. And I can tell you, those dreams are out the window now, yeah. but those are dreams that my dad had, and I chose police foundations. I did that, finished it, uh, paid off, didn't use OSAP, none of that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, 2009, I started, 2008, actually, I started dating now my wife. Mm-hmm. She also went to DeVille. She knew me. She knew I was not quiet because yeah. she got to experience who I was because we weren't dating, but she hung around me to know this guy is not shy. As yeah. shy as you think he is because the way she met me was me standing in my corner. Sorry to go back to the story again. Yeah. I was standing in my usual corner in DeVille. My brother, you know, back then, MSN Messenger, yeah. Facebook. <laughs> my brother, I slid in her DM okay. only to realize she's older and my age. So my brother's like, you should talk to him. I'm like, nah, I'm not doing that. Yeah. So I'm standing there at the Ville. She walks up to me. She's like, you're IBK's brother, aren't you? I'm like, yeah. I'm pretty sure you could tell, right? Yeah. <laughs> we look the exact same. And and then that, there's to forever after, right? Yeah. Now we're married, two kids. But yeah, so back to getting into real estate. So I'm dating this girl. Mm-hmm. She actually pushes me to go to university. Mm-hmm. 
I never wanted to. Yeah. But realistically, we weren't really dating, I would say. We were just talking back then, as, yeah. as, as they say back then. Yeah. Uh, so I followed her to university pretty much. I enrolled, enrolled in classes she was in. Enrolled in class, like I, I, my major was psychology, mm-hmm. right? And then took, she was in philosophy, took some philosophy classes as electives. And I remember the teacher saying something, spe- I can't remember specifically. It's that nonsense they always say in every philosophy class. If a tree falls down in the forest and no one's there to hear it, does it make a sound? Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there like, what the fuck am I listening to? Yeah. Am I allowed to swear here? Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck am I listening to? Like, why am I even sitting in this class? Like, I already went through education, education, education. I want to make money. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, uh, I get involved with people who make money the Nigerian way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to put that in court. Right. So that is there. That's happening. You know, I'm getting money. But the thing about fast money, it goes fast as well. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I'm doing things with my money that the money that I'm making, not the right way, I would say. Mm-hmm. Is, and my dad knows because my dad's a cop. He could tell I'm not in the right things, but how is he able to buy gas? How is he able to buy a car? Yeah. Right. And then I, my dad sat me down and said, why don't you go talk to your cousin and see what you could do for him? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, he just started the business, everything. There's nothing that he would need me for. Cause the thing about starting a brokerage like ours, I remember Isaac, he started working from his, his house. So he had an office in his house. That's how he opened the brokerage. So Isaac, he was, he's the owner of, Dreammaker, the he's the, yeah, president and CEO of Dreammaker Realty, okay. right? He's okay. the one who literally like made our dreams come true, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. No pun intended. Uh, so. My dad, like, knew I wasn't going the right way. Like, he knew I wasn't going the right path. It's not something he wants to discuss with me specifically, mm-hmm. but he always wanted me to be successful mm-hmm. in whatever I do because it also, it also impacts him, mm-hmm. right? If his kids, especially the firstborn, are being directed in the wrong way, it's on him. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So my dad, God, thank God for him, he would always sit down. And talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. Most of these things, because he has whooped my ass so much, <laughs> just pass goes in, yeah. comes right out. Yeah. But then he said something. He's like, why don't you just go talk to Tukwa? That's his African name, Timmy Tukwa. Okay. Go talk to Tukwa and see what you can do. He has a franchise that he's building. See if you can be a part of that. Mm-hmm. I'm there like, no, not, yeah. not doing that. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. But, so I don't know what it was too. Then my now wife yeah. said, I think your dad has a point there. Maybe you should. You never know. So that's cool. You know what? That's how you knew I was going to marry because I didn't listen to my dad. I listened to her, right? Yeah. So I go, I go straight to, I go straight to Tuckwell, easy to access. Is there anything you, you need help with that you don't want to do that I can do that's able to do? It's like, actually, there's a showing that I don't want to do. Can you go do it? I'm like, Sure. Yeah. Sure. All right. Cool. Remember, this, this hold is on. this is before you had any real estate experience or anything. No, this is my real estate experience coming. Wow. This is I'm I'm not a salesperson. Like I can convince people to do things. That's always been me. Yeah. And I never knew it'd be something I put into sales. Right. Mm-hmm. He tells me to do that. He sends me all the information, and I'm he doesn't tell me what to wear anything. I'm probably this is 2009, so jeans probably Supras. I fitted to the back. <laughs> I, I just started working out, so a tight shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I go, I remember it was uh, 16 Mark Brook. This is like Steels and Kipling. I go there, I do the showing to rent it out. It's, it's for rent. Mm -hmm. So I do the showing and the people go back to Isaac and say, we want to we want to rent the place. Like we were really convinced. Mm -hmm. This is me just doing a quick background on the building. Yeah. And um, what's in the building. I show them around. And this is not even me. I'm not expecting any money from him. I'm just saying I'm helping him because yeah. that's what my dad told me to do. Yeah. That's what uh, Tosin mm -hmm. at the time, my girlfriend at the time convinced me to do. Yeah. So they take the place, and I remember him just giving me 500 cash. Said, Whoa. I was just for two minutes. Yeah. Nah, that yeah. you're playing, you're playing with me. He's like, yeah, take it. 500, it's yours, right? So you split the commission 50 50 down the line. It's like, cause you showed it. You pretty much did the work. I only did the paperwork. Mm. I was like, all right, cool. Let me know if there's any more coming. Yeah. All right. That's how it started. And then. What now? I'm gonna get into Isaac because what he was doing back then. Remember 2008, the crisis, mm -hmm. real estate crisis. Yeah. What he was doing back then was convincing people to buy now, mm. because in about eight years you will be laughing. Yeah. Which is true. Where and this is what started to happen. Isaac started to buy project in projects where, uh, where where there was growth, mm -hmm. which is around Queen and Dufferin area, which is one of the one of the big projects that I worked with too, uh, 170 Sudbury, mm -hmm. about a few units there. So got clients to come by there. And that's the thing too, if I had the finance then, in my head, I'm thinking, fam, there's a crisis. Yes. Yeah. Like, Don't mess around with this. The people are going to lose their yeah. money. But I know because of what, of where we started, like how we started, like him just sending me to do that, Shona, I know if I had the finances then, which I know I didn't, mm -hmm. I would have probably blindly followed them. Yeah. Because back then you could get properties for five thousand down, ten thousand. Things have changed dramatically well, yeah, since yeah. then, right? This is two thousand eight, two thousand nine. So all I see him doing is buying, buying, buying. So now while he's buying, he's gaining gaining these clientele who already some of them have properties, but they don't know how to manage. Mm -hmm. Some of them don't have properties of getting them. They need people to manage. So what Isaac was doing back then that I didn't even know was that one of the, the property that I first rented out was actually being managed by him. He's mm -hmm. managing the property on behalf of a client. They pay him to manage it. And then he started to show me how it works, right? How that's actually how I got into real estate property management, mm -hmm. right? I'm still the head property manager of the company, right? Yeah. So he started showing me how it works, collecting rent from this person when this person's late, pay this client, this and that. I'm just there like, wow. On top of that, you're running a brokerage. Mm -hmm. Let me help you run the management company. And just I'm not even asking for a monthly payment. I'll do the leases, mm -hmm. right? Just break me off the leases. But the thing is, I'm not a registered agent at the time, so yeah. I can't really use that multiple listing system. Yeah, I'm just using Kijiji, Craigslist back yeah. then. And like fire, I'm renting out units. Like, that's my wow. thing. I'm renting out, renting out, renting out units. And with that, I'm building... A relationship that I didn't even know. Because mm -hmm. these people know I am associated with DreamMaker. Because when I'm telling them to write the checks out, you're making out to DreamMaker Realty, right? Yeah. So they know I'm associated. And they're like, do you guys sell as well? Selling, like people want to sell and buy. And then what happened was too, like I said, unbeknownst to me, I introduced them right to Isaac. Like mm. these people are looking to buy a property. Are, yeah. Hooks them right up. I get another cash for $2,000. It's like, 
Oh, okay. I need to go get my license. If this is if this is the case, right? Yeah. But what happened was Isaac became like he has a brain. His brain, like I don't know how to explain it. It's like it's wired. I don't know how he does it. Balance everything out: the business, wife, kids. Like I'm still trying to figure that out, right? So, but I remember he got married at a young age, 25. So mm-hmm. everything is just hitting him at once. And the brokerage is now gaining popularity, mm-hmm. right? Because of the thing, our name is everywhere. We're there with Urban Corp and all these big builders. Uh, Daniel's first home. Yeah. We're in there with all these big builders. Right. Ryan says, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. No, that's actually much later. This oh. actually, yeah, this is actually much later. This is like, uh, Ryan CDMZ was, uh, if I think two years ago. Yeah. That, that was, uh, that was like, that was setting motion. Mm-hmm. I remember all the commission he made from, Helping these people buy property, suddenly you know what I'm gonna probably just stack it up. Mm-hmm. That's it. He may look like he lives extravagantly. He does not. Mm-hmm. He's actually the cheapest guy I know. Right? Like any money he's spending, he's making sure it's an investment, mm-hmm. right? And if the investment is bad, he counts his losses and keeps moving, right? And like I said, there's been a lot of like I've I've seen it, mm-hmm. right? So as he became busy, he, I'm pretty sure that I, I don't know the specific time he decided I'm going to go into development, but I could say there's a, the, the, the signal was when he handed pretty much the brokerage management to me. Mm-hmm. So he pretty much taught me how to manage the brokerage itself, which is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not easy. So for him to be doing that and doing all the things he was doing, you got to applaud him. Mm-hmm. And yes, he had to let it go. So now I'm managing the brokerage and I'm also managing properties on behalf of owners. Before you had your real estate license. Jeez. So I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing all that. Mm-hmm. Right. And which is, it, it became overwhelming, but I'm, like I said, I'm the type. There's, now you see there's eyes on us. Yeah. There's eyes on the company. So I don't like to buckle under that pressure. Mm-hmm. I don't complain. I just keep working, working. Mm-hmm. Like, Obviously, in between, we ran into some roadblocks. Like, sometimes, like, it's so overwhelming. I need to, re- I, even when I close my eyes just to relax a bit, and I'm speaking metaphorically, mm-hmm. it's like, oh shit, let's lose. It's like, then I start missing little, little things. So I said, you know what? Let me get myself a little organized. Start getting myself organized. Things are back in place. Now we're adding more properties to be managed. So let's say before we're managing 12 to 15 properties. Mm-hmm. As of right now, we're at about, including all the properties Isaac has, about 150 properties. Wow. So. That's all in the GTA? In the GTA. Okay. Just kept growing, growing, growing to the point where my uncle, my dad's younger brother, hears about us. Same thing. Invests with us. Buys two properties with us. So most of the, most of the, most of the things that we've done, which is why you can see it's quiet because. Like I, even at Dream Residences, you know Dream Residences right across York Del Mall, yeah. our first project, yeah. every purchaser there was our client. Mm-hmm. So clients from old projects, all of that. Like, and and Isaac is a black builder, mm-hmm. so the city, uh, the city lawyers were not going to make things easy for him. But by God's grace, he pushed through that. Mm-hmm. So, like that is all what I was dealing with yeah. prior to even. But while I'm doing that, I get. My now wife pregnant, right? Mm-hmm. So now life is about to change, right? So now we know we're about to have a child. I remember writing an email. I could probably pull up that email, writing an email to Isaac saying, this is the direction I want to take, mm-hmm. right? Let me know what you think. And he said, this was a great email. 
I agree. Let's start. Let's start next month. Mm-hmm. Let's start doing this next month. Now, the direction was uh, like to start getting paid salary. I see. Rather than okay. just commission, start getting paid salary. I'm gonna help the brokerage continue to grow. I'm gonna continue. I'm still gonna do leases. If you want me to do sales here and there, that's fine. Cool. And then just to stop you there, yeah, no um, that's interesting too because. You know, I find a lot of people who are trying to reach success, they try and find an easy way out and they don't understand. You got to go through the hardships, right? Oh, yeah. You went through those hardships. You didn't even ask for any compensation, right? And you went through those hardships to a point where it's like, you know, Isaac had no choice but to say, hey, I got to I gotta pay this guy. He's put in work. Oh, yeah. And, th- and that's one of the things that I actually, that's one lesson that I've learned is even even though I was his cousin, I'm mm-hmm. still his cousin. He never gave me anything. Mm-hmm. So when people see me, they think that Isaac gives me. Listen, if you knew, <laughs> if you knew what this guy was, you know he does not give me anything. Yeah, he makes me work for it. Mm-hmm. He's never just said, "Here, take." It. Yeah, yeah. No, you have to work for it. I go to him. I'm like, "Yo, give me one of your Rolex. All right, here's twenty. You can sell them. Ah. You sell them, then you can take the Rolex. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not like I'm gonna give you a Rolex because I have." 10 Rolexes yeah. and I don't need them. Mm-hmm. No, you're going to have to always work, right? Like, I'm not his child. I'm his cousin. I'm technically yeah. his brother. I'm yeah. only uh, five years younger than him. Mm-hmm. So, and that is one thing that people should know. It's like, there's no shortcut. There's no shortcut. And always be grateful for the people who have helped you get to where you are because like I said, without Isaac, I wouldn't be where I am right now. Mm-hmm. I want to have multiple properties that I'm running short-term rentals through cash flow. Mm-hmm. That's how I live, cash flow. Mm-hmm. Just everything is cash flow for me. And I have other investments here and there. My biggest investments, obviously, are my children. Mm-hmm. Right? Everything I do, I blindly do it for my children. And that is also something I learned from him because that is what he does. Mm-hmm. It's not building Dreammaker to this to be this big empire for himself because he knows one day he's going to go. So the goal is my children, my three yeah. daughters, one of them will one day take over. They'll always take care of their siblings. Yeah. And then hopefully her mindset is the same thing. My children, this is it's just generational wealth and mm. it's just what we try to preach with mm. Dreammaker. So we say turning dreams of owning into reality mm-hmm. by any means necessary, right? That's solid. Yeah. So after... Um so you said you sent him that email, yeah, and he agreed to pay. He agreed. Salary. He agreed to start paying me salary. So now I'm the only one in Dreammaker earning salary, mm-hmm. right? So what I'm I am technically is now head property manager, deal secretary, right? So what a deal secretary does is I I pretty much handle all the agents, all their payments, everything. So I'm starting to learn. I have to learn that now. So I'm mm-hmm. starting to learn that along the way. I go successful. Everything goes smooth. Like I create new systems where. Because we're growing. At the time we started, maybe we had like eight agents. Mm-hmm. Now we're like 28, right? So as we were growing, I'm able to create new systems to help things facilitate because we're changing. The world's changing, mm-hmm. right? Help things facilitate and move better. So that that was literally my main job, just mm-hmm. under the brokerage. And now I'm his executive assistant, so director of the brokerage, everything. So on top of that, I could sway away and start doing my own thing, mm-hmm. right? Because I have the tools now. But like I said, you always have to be grateful. I told him, I'm still going to be your assistant. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm fine with that. Yeah. You're, paying, you're paying me a monthly fee. Cool. Yeah. So I'm still going to be helping you do everything, every, everything. 
But here's what I want to do. This is why I want to expand my own thing. Mm -hmm. And I know you understand and let me do it. Same thing, same process. Gave me the tools. Gave me a few units to start learning how to run short-term rental. Mm -hmm. Short-term rental is one of the biggest uh, income, income. Uh, what's what's the word? Generators. Generators. Yeah. Especially in the GTA right now, mm -hmm. right? So it's it's something that I, that's my like side, side hustle. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's there. It's just like, as we sit right now, by 3 p.m., I don't know what time it is, money's being wired into my account. 3 p.m. almost every day. Solid. Money just coming in, coming in, going, coming, going. Yeah. Cash flow. That is, like I said, that is how I keep everything going. Mm -hmm. uh, now we fast, we fast forward a little. I, mm -hmm. I have my kid. I'm living in a unit exactly like this, actually. Yeah. Living in a unit exactly like this at 427 and, um, and, uh, dairy. Okay. So, Masters of Humblewood. Yeah. Same thing. Like before I make any of these solid decisions, I go to him because like he's my mentor. Mm -hmm. I can't live in a condo anymore. How am I going to not own when I work with you? Like people are going to look at me like, yeah, what is he learning? So it's time for me to buy a house. So all the commission I've never collected, what I need you to do, just get it ready. So it's going to be a deposit on the house. So obviously I start searching with my wife and son looking for the right house. Uh, that's where we found the house, which we live in right now. I walked in, said, this is perfect because I'm a visionary. I see a vision. I know what I can do with this house. Obviously, the woman walks in and says, ah, I don't know. I don't <laughs> like this. I don't like that. And I'm here convincing her she has to change. We can change this, change that. Mm -hmm. And in the midst of that, there were doubters like you know, my parents, like saying, a mortgage, like handling rent is different from handling a mortgage. Mm -hmm. Man, I'm like, of course I know that. <laughs> like, yeah. this is what this. I'm in the business, right? Yeah. Like, they don't know if it's something we can handle because at the time, my wife was only on mat leave, mm -hmm. and she was uh, well, she wasn't my wife then. We're engaged, so she was working at uh, Money Mart. Okay. Just not that, not not too much income, minimum yeah. wage. But what she had told, like I said, that's that's who I am. It's like she looked at me with confidence and said. I'm going to get this job. This is how much I'm going to be making. I'm going to be a business analyst. And I looked at her. I'm like, I've seen her do unbelievable things. She's finished school, everything. You sure? That's what I said. Yeah. So I'm promising you. I was like, all right, we're buying a house. Okay. I get them. I get all my commission, put the deposit down. Uh, October. October, everything is all set, firm. By December 2nd, 2000, and was it 2013? We're in 2018 right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, my son was born in 2014. So, yes. So, because he spent for, correct. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm missing out the timeline here. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, by December 2nd of 2013, or 2014, my bad. Yeah. That, that happened. I got my first actual property. Mm -hmm. This is 2013. And I will tell you the, the logic behind everything. Now, I'm 20, this is 2014, so I'm 20, 23, 24. Mm -hmm. Not too many homeowners at that yeah. age. I buy the house. But before that, what has happened is I'm a trigger puller, mm -hmm. right? When I have a vision, I don't usually have a timeline. Mm -hmm. But even if there's a timeline, I follow it. When I have a vision, I strike. So... 
I remember when people when people said I was having a kid, they're like, you're going to have to buy a minivan. You're going to have to trade in that expedition. I was like, yeah, all right, I'll do that. So what I did, I sold my expedition. Well, not my expedition, my Chrysler 300. Mm-hmm. And I went and bought a Camaro. And everyone was like, you just had a fucking kid. Yeah. You went and bought a coupe? <laughs> I'm there like, yeah, like, with, like I don't get it. Go return it. Like, my dad is one of those people. Go yeah. return it. It makes no sense. No. Nope. Nobody gives you a chance. Mm-hmm. You have to take chances. That's my number one motto. Mm-hmm. Shut everyone up. Everyone became quiet about that. Mm-hmm. Right? But they were right. <laughs> <laughs> Taking a kid in a coop is a lot of stress. So yeah. I'm like, fuck. Can't tell people they were right. Yeah. So you know what I do? I look at my, I look at my fiance and I say, we're going to go get your truck. He's like, can we afford it? I said, no. Oh, we can survive with it. He says, I'm like, the only way you can grow in this world, I remember telling her, is when you're uncomfortable. And that's something somebody told me too, somebody that works with us, Eric Charles. Mm-hmm. said, the only way you can grow is when you're uncomfortable. When you're too comfortable, you don't grow. That's true. It's, when yeah. it's, it's life. Yeah. When you get, you're, you're, it's only human nature. When, mm. you, when you get too comfortable, there's no more room for growth. Yeah. When yeah. you get uncomfortable, when you're shaking it, when you see $12 in your bank account, yeah. <laughs> you know it's time to work, right? Yeah. yeah. So when I put a deposit, I remember 1500 probably only had like, I, I had money somewhere, but it was going towards the house. Mm-hmm. Remember, we're about to buy a house. Yeah. So you know what? Go buy an Escalade. We bought the Escalade. Then something in me said I wasn't done. <laughs> it's just where I am, right? Yeah. My Chrysler 300 that I had prior to that was matte black. So that had become my thing. Mm-hmm. Like the matte black look. Went again. Took out a loan. I'm going to wrap my car matte black. Now, let me tell you what wrapping my car matte black did. It, it drew attention, mm-hmm. which like I told you, yeah. I enjoy attention. It drew attention to people. Like even when I'm going to see people like Isaac's clients, like what do you do? You're the assistant, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I take chances. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I do. I, I do my job and I take chances. And I remember a client, like I have a knowledge of the company, what Isaac does. And I spoke to this client and I actually convinced this client to invest with Isaac. Mm-hmm. Right. Obviously Isaac was the deal closer. I just sent him to Isaac. And I'm pretty sure because he, that attention, it drew his eyes, right? Yeah, there's, yeah. there's something about like, even today, like when I was in the car with my wife, mm-hmm. it's like, you get too much attention with this car. I'm like, I've gotten used to it. I'm like, it's part of the process because what they're going to do is ask, if you don't mind me asking, what do you do? Yeah. There's the, there's the path. Hey, thanks for tuning in so far. It's really clear that Bademi is someone who does things the unconventional way to achieve great levels of success. Right now, Bademi is about to go on into a story that explains just that. So continue tuning in right before you move on to the purpose round. What I tell people is, in this world today especially, nobody's going to come here and hand you out a chance. Mm-hmm. You just have to take it. You got to take your chance. And then deal with the problems after. So I guess ultimately you'd say, you know, risk is something that's part of life that you should experience exactly. to get through exactly. life, right? So it's, there's no straight road to success. Yeah. Always through hoops, little loops. It's it's just, it's not easy, man. Yo, like even having this discussion, I never even thought of how hard like past eight years has been, right? So it's like, I took risks, man. Just kept taking, taking chances, taking chances, like chances that even my wife didn't know up until like December. Because 
when I got engaged, I got engaged in Miami. Mm-hmm. Right? Now she's pregnant. Uh, the next thing is, I know I'm. she's the one I want to be with for the rest of my life. Because of our culture, you know our culture already. I have to technically marry her. Yeah. I don't have to, but it's the right thing to do. Yeah. I remember my bank account then. I had closed some few deals. I probably had like $10,000 mm-hmm. only in my bank account. Not even savings, just checking, just sitting there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I go to find a ring that I know she'll like. It's like $9,000. Oh, wow. So I'm there like, shit. Then they offer me to finance it. I'm like, I'm not going to finance a, a ring that she could possibly use. Here you go. $8,000. Now there's like 2000 left. So I'm now thinking, how am I going to propose to her? I remember. So I screw it. Let's go to Miami, right? Like you deserve a little break. It's, so now there's still only 2000 in my account. This is not even when I realized cash flow or anything. I haven't started getting paid salary, nothing. This is just money that I've stacked up just yeah. sitting there. And we get to Miami. I proposed to her. And we stayed in Miami for three days. That trip in total with ticket everything cost us about eighteen no more than eighteen. Like maybe nineteen fifty in total. So what's sitting in my account while we're in Miami is about twelve dollars. And eighty five cents. I can never forget looking and just locking the screen and there's a baby on the way. It's, was not a smart risk. Yeah. With the baby on the way, but I did it because I knew I would make someone happy and make myself happy at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right? It's it's not a great example when it comes to business wise, but I'm just saying in life in general, I took that risk. And by the time I came back, because there's only twelve dollars in my account, I can even prob- probably barely put six liters in my gas tank at the yeah. time. I just went to work, man. And because of that risk, I was able to go back ten times more than that in my mm-hmm. account. Right? So I was able to see. $12 turned back into $12,000, $24,000, with bought my house, 100000 Like, people don't understand. And that's one thing, especially people our age and younger, because we live in a completely different world right now where it's like everything is almost handed to them. Things that are handed to you will disappear faster. Mm. If my mom came and said, give me, I'm going to give you this house, it's yours now. In our world today, that I would have, I would have misused that opportunity. Yeah, I, instantly, mm-hmm. because it's just something that was given to me. I didn't work for it, and the thing, the thing, the the thing I know is and that's why that house I really cherish because it's like a trophy for me. Like this is something I did when I was twenty four. I don't remember too many people being able to do that. Like there's 24 year olds out there right now. They will not own a property till they're 34. Mm-hmm. There's 28 year olds right now. Same thing. They will not own a property till they're 38, yeah. 10 years from now, right? And 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 it's not because they can't. It's because their mentality. Mm-hmm. Right? Everyone's different. Everyone thinks differently. It's their mentality. People they follow. Their mentors. Like the message that needs to get out there is, risk it all risk it all. And if you're not happy where you are, move. You're not a tree. You can move. Mm-hmm. You, you can change things. You can always change things around you. Right? Yeah. It's just about making the right choice. But sometimes the right choice could end up being the biggest mistake ever. But like I said, you hop over it. Move on. On to the next one. As a business owner, the more you can leverage your time, the better it is for your company. 
there is this amazing online resource called Fiverr, where you can hire someone for just $5 to do just about any task for you, whether it be logo design, market research, videography, or website building, Fiverr has it all. Please go to imkobe.com forward slash resources and click on the Fiverr icon to make an account. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Welcome to the Purpose Round, where we ask our entrepreneurs the right questions that really bring out the purpose behind their business and their entrepreneurial journey. So what is an everyday habit that adds value to your purpose? An everyday habit that adds value to my purpose is focus, to be honest with you. And that's something I tend to lose sometimes. But when I do have the focus, it adds a lot of value to everything I need to do, especially the day, the year, the week, the month. It's it's focusing on the goals that I've set for myself. Solid. Okay. If you could have one conversation with one person living or not living, who would it be and why? I already had that conversation every day with Isaac, man. That's And that's because, like I told you, he's a genius, man. Mm-hmm. He's... If you know the real him, because he's my cousin, I grew up with him. Yeah. You wouldn't think that there's a brain behind that, right? It's I had that conversation with the person every day. I would say that for myself. Okay, yeah. solid. What is your main strategy for organizing your day? <laughs> Alexa, that's my new strategy right there. Okay, <laughs> okay. So I'm way before AI, obviously. Yeah. Like right now, mm-hmm. I say Alexa. Remind me, I have an appointment for 3 p.m. with Aaron. Okay, I'll remind you tomorrow at 3 p.m. Jeez. <laughs> that, that's the world we live in now. Yeah. It's like, that is my personal assistant now. And I've become so much, I bought this thing a month ago, so much more effective with it because I just talked to it. Like, obviously, series there, but something about this is more like, the alarm is louder. I'm a deep sleeper. Mm-hmm. So the alarm on this, when it, when the alarm goes off, I actually wake up, get my day started. Uh, prior to all this, uh, not a very organized person. I have yeah. everything everywhere. But thing is, I have a good short-term, long-term memory. Mm-hmm. So I'm able to just compile everything. But I have a good brain. That's something I've always had. They're able to just remember things on the fly. Mm-hmm. Right? So, but now it's like, yo, <laughs> You feel it too that you're getting old, that your body is not able to do certain yeah, things. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Sometimes I jump to grab a basketball and my whole body hurts. So yeah. it's like I, I know my time is coming. So I need to get do things differently, okay. especially with our time, like with AIs now. That's it. Okay. Okay. What was your worst entrepreneurial moment and then what did you learn from it? I mean, you've already touched on that a lot mm-hmm. already. But <laughs> just briefly, maybe just reiterate it just briefly. You know what? I'll tell you exactly what I learned from it because if I start again, I'll keep going. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's actually what I learned to keep pushing. Mm-hmm. Don't stop. Uh, it's been, it's, it's happened. Like you can't hop in a time machine. This is not the movie. You can't hop in a time machine and change it. Mm-hmm. It's time to do what's next. Now, can you fix it without going back in time? Like without having that little fantasy in your yeah. head? Maybe. If not, continue. Okay. Okay. If you had to build a business from the ground up with only $100 in your pocket, how would you leverage that? Oh, that one's good. Do I have access to credit? <laughs> just got $100. I just got $100. $100. Do I have, but if I have access to credit, because this is, this is, there's a lot you could do with $100. 
right? I have a hundred dollars. What can I do with a hundred dollars? That's the first thing I'll do. I'll ask myself, is there mm-hmm. something I can invest in to turn that hundred dollars to maybe 120, mm-hmm. 120, 130, 150. Like I'm not a stocks guy. That's something somebody who, who's into stocks would do. Yeah. Personally, like I said, in, in the real world, if I had access to credit, the hundred dollars is mine. Yeah. I'd access, I have access to credit. First thing I would do is let's say I have a credit limit of a thousand dollars. Invest that a thousand dollars into something that could grow. Mm-hmm. Even if it's something that only takes, that takes eight years, nine years to grow. That's done. But now at the end of the day, like I said, I'm not a tree. Yeah. I have to go get a job (laughs) to actually continue to gain residual income, right? Mm -hmm. Because how am I going to survive with $100 in Canada today? It's not possible, right? To start a business with $100, I don't want to say it's not possible. It's been done. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, But that would be my method. Like I said, I have access. You need credit. Yeah. Our society, and this is not Africa. Yeah. Credit is what gets you, yeah. gets you moving forward in this country. Regardless, yeah. you can't get a mortgage without credit. You can't get a car without credit. It's nothing you can do without credit. Right? I get my credit, build it up, and use that to build my business from the ground. Solid. Okay. What are your top three most influential books that you've read? Would you believe me if I said I don't read books? I believe you. <laughs> I believe you, man. Uh, books. Don't read them. Interesting. Now, forced to read. I don't know if did you ever have Mrs. Adropolis. Yes, English? I did. Yes, I did. Fifth Business. Yeah. You read, did you ever read that book, Fifth Business? I didn't even really go through it. Fifth yeah. Business and Great Gatsby. Those are the only, those are my favorite books of all time. Only because you were forced to read it. No, actually, because okay. I was able, I, that I was definitely forced to read it, yeah. but I was able to learn from them. Mm-hmm. Right. Fit business, what that story was about was self-actualization. Mm-hmm. And that's where my whole mentality comes with the keep taking chances, like being happy. Find yourself. Because in this world, that's all you're constantly doing is trying to find yourself. Mm-hmm. Great Gatsby story is a little more of a love story. It's just it's different, right? Even uh, stories like Streetcar Named Desire. Like, I don't read business books. I read a lot of business, business articles, books. <sighs> not, a, not a book person. I don't really listen to business podcasts. I'm more of a, I learn on the road. That's me. I go through it. Yeah, that's me. I'm rich. That poor dad's not going to teach me anything. In my opinion, it could teach a lot of people, Mm -hmm. but with my mentality, that's not going to teach me anything. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is with books too, they can be good and bad because at the end of the day, regardless of whatever book you read, if you're not implementing what is said in the book, then it's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. Right? And there's some people we just don't know, even if the the book is teaching you, they don't have it in them. Yeah. It's not their nature. It's It's just not their nature. Like I told you, I crumble when there's no one looking. Mm -hmm. When there's everyone looking, I'm back. Right? And, and that's like, that's what, that's, that's, that's a big difference. Like most people should not crumble. Like, usually you should get nervous when people are looking, right? Yeah. I'm the complete opposite of that. And there's a lot of people like that that are like me, right? So, like, for people like me, with my mentality, I'm, I'm like, people think I'm so, like, you know, mature, all that, blah, blah, blah. I'm a cloud. <laughs> like, I do cloud things. You've seen some of the yeah. things I've done. Like, yeah. I enjoy still being, like, still sort of acting my age, right? Yeah. I'm still, kid at heart, I'm still a kid at heart. Yeah, it's like. No, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do what society wants me to do because this is where I'm at. No, I'm gonna do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Self-actualization, like I said. 
I'm still trying to realize who I am. Mm-hmm. Right? I even told my wife that. I still don't know who I am. Like, I know I'm your husband. I know I'm the father to your children. I know my first and last name, but I feel like there's still room. Mm-hmm. There's still room to figure things out. Okay. Okay. Tell us something that you think is true about business that most people don't agree with you on. Mm, that's a good question. Uh, might be ironic I'm saying this. Yeah. Never mix family with business. Mm-hmm. I said, it might sound ironic because yeah. <laughs> technically uh, my boss is my family, but family has a way of getting in, in the way of business. And even me, myself, as my, I know there's so many times in this head, it's like, yeah, I want to fire this guy, but he's my cousin. But at the end of the day, he knows my value. At least if, if the family has no value, if this person is just mooching off you, let him go. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, when your business crashes, what's, the, what's that family member going to do? And continue with their life and your life is coming now. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of, like our family, our brothers, our sisters, cousins, they're always a weakness for us, mm-hmm. right? Never mix that relationship in your business. Yeah. Never. If the minute you mix it, and that's why I said Isaac never handed anything to me. Mm-hmm. Most people think, he, most people think he probably brought this key to me and gave it to me and said, here it is here. Nah, man. Yeah. I wish he handed stuff to me, <laughs> right? But like I said, he never gave me anything for free. He would always make me work, show me the numbers, and make and let me know how I can achieve those numbers. And then say, yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's really what he does. He just throws the pen. He says, sign you now. That's yeah. it, right? And that's him not looking at me as as a cousin. It's more looking at me like, this guy is hungry. He wants, wants to do better for himself and his family. And a lot of people don't agree because family's family. But yeah. Like I fired my cousin. My yeah. cousin, I hired my one of my cousins as my assistant. So we can't do this anymore. I'm sorry, because you're actually slowing me down. I can't do it anymore because I my I was getting busy. Like I told you, mm-hmm. and he just helped. He helped, but he was slacking too much. But I'm like, there's no time. Like we're at a we're at a we're at a place where we've grown so much. There's so much eyes on us. I can't risk this. Yeah, I have to let him go. It's just that simple. At the end of the day, he's still my cousin. Yeah. But, you no longer assisting me. It's that simple. Yeah, I've heard from someone very simple. Just don't hire family because you can't fire them. Exactly. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Like, I know. I just, like I said, I've already showed him so many times. He's probably wishing to say, oh, I want to fire him, but it's too late. Like, <laughs> I know I know my value for him. Right? Yeah. Like, I know for sure. Like, even if he did fire me, quote unquote, I'd still be there. Right? It's my cousin. Like, I'd still help him out, this and that, but, but not. That's nothing that ever happened. Like I don't even mix our relationship with the business. I, I don't. Like we don't even talk about family issues. And while we're while we're together, that's how straight business we are. It's like we don't even talk about anything extra but the business. Like that's how serious it is when it comes to me and him, right? Because I'm my my job is to make his life easier. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I make it difficult. So yeah. when I make it difficult, he snaps and I just correct it. It's <laughs> simple, simple math. <laughs> okay. Okay. Really simply, uh, what last, any last piece of advice you want to leave with our listeners? I think I'll give it it all. Like, you, like, I don't know how many times I can say to people, I say to all my friends, say to my family. You always need to remember one thing is nobody will ever give you a chance, Mm -hmm. right? You just have to take it. And there's another thing that I read somewhere. Which is which coincides with this? Uh, may not, may I, I have an actual tattooed on my butt. 
Man, never be. When I find these little quotes, I, it's not that I can't remember them. It's just, it's a constant reminder every day when I'm looking at myself in the mirror. It's time to go get it. Mm-hmm. May I never be perfect. May I never be comfortable. May I never be content. In summary, keep grinding. Mm-hmm. Stay uncomfortable. Yeah. All right, Bademi, thanks for coming on the podcast. No today. problem, man. No problem. Appreciate it. No problem. Keep building. No problem. Oh, of course, of course, Keep of building. course, man. You too, you too, man. Okay. Gotta get me one of those wooden bow ties, eh? I got you, man. Don't I need one of those. That's that's innovative. Right? <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like that. All right, Purposeful Story family. That's it for today. Catch you on the next episode. Peace. That's all for this episode. I hope listening to this podcast left you with valuable information that either strengthened your purpose or helped bring you closer to finding your purpose. We all have a different journey in life, and this podcast is in support of everyone's purposeful journey. Thank you so much for tuning in, because without you, there is no Purposeful Story podcast. Please feel free to email me at info at com and let me know what you thought of this episode. To help spread the valuable information this podcast has to offer, all I ask is for you to subscribe to the podcast via the Apple Podcast app, Podcast Addict, Google Play Music, or CastBox. Give a rating and pass this podcast on to one friend that you feel could benefit from this information. Don't forget to follow I Am Kobe Talks on Instagram for updates on new episodes and go to IamKobe.com forward slash Purposeful Story for more valuable content. Special thanks to DJ Anna for the beats and Lala Wrights for the editing. Before you go, please remember that purpose drives your actions and your actions are a result of your purpose. Thanks again for listening. Talk soon.